Beautifully sung. Thank you for that wonderful song. And the, the wonder of Christmas is God's giving. And he gave himself. And we're glad that as we can reflect a little bit on Jesus' birth, that we don't just reflect on a baby being born, we're reflecting on a saviour being born. And I hope that, um, that we've had the time to talk a little bit as, a, as families. You know, we enjoy the, the food, we enjoy the gift giving, and we enjoy the time together. But I hope we do also take uh, a little bit more time just thinking about our Lord. And I'm glad that we can spend Christmas Day on a Sunday here together. And uh, I'm glad for you all. And uh, just wanted to say I appreciate the church family, just uh, how well... We've uh, labored together for the Lord this year. It's uh, the last Sunday of the year, and we're glad for all that God has done. And it's been amazing just reflecting a little bit on this past year, all the things that God's been able to accomplish through you all, and we're glad for that. Um, it has been a, a bit of a unique Christmas for us, and um, if you look to my right there, we've had an invasion from Sydney, and our family and um, all the, the siblings uh, have come and we're all spending Christmas together. Um, but I wanted to just also say it's it's uh, it's unique because we received a little bit of news for for our family, and I wanted to just share this with our church family. If I hope um, I hope John and Irene don't mind, but um, Irene received some some pretty difficult news this week. Um, she's been diagnosed with just a unique um, form of ovarian cancer. And so we've been just dealing with that a little bit as a family in the last month. Um, but we appreciate your support to, to pray. And, uh, the, you know, in the new year, it's going to be a great challenge for the first many months there. Um, there's going to be some surgery involved and then some chemotherapy. And, uh, and for those of you who've gone through that with loved ones, you know the difficulty of that. So please be praying. Um, you know, we, we celebrate and we rejoice in our Savior uh, but we realize that, that, that we can trust him. And, um, and we're just journeying this together as a family and of all, all our love to, to John, Irene, and, and the girls, of course. But if you could please just encourage them as well in, in that, that us as a church family would support them. And, you know, uh, we made the move a year ago, just over a year ago, and they soon followed and, and just wanting to start uh, afresh here in Queensland and start afresh here in our church. And so we, we know that God knew even then that they would belong to this church family during this really difficult time. And so um, if I could encourage you that way to just uh, be, be around them. Um, you know, so we have a gift for you, so pick, uh, pick up a gift on your way out. And um, we wanted to just make this, um, this day as well for the kids a little bit, um, little bit special. And of course, Christmas, I'm sure all your houses are filled with gift wrap already all over the place. Um, and maybe some bleary eyes from a, a night of eating already with a day of eating ahead. So um, we're looking forward to that. But I, um, I wanted to get to the scriptures now in Matthew chapter 2, and hopefully we just uh, learn some things here. You know, we've been, we often read the, the Christmas story, and, and if you, you see often in different places, nativity scenes and all of that, how there's these ones who are come bearing gifts and we look at the, even the nativity scene here, and sometimes we lump in the Christmas story all in the sort of this timeline of things, and we don't often recognize that between 
the birth of Christ in Matthew chapter 1 to uh, the, the happenings of the, the first, uh, the, the, really of chapter 2, there's about a two-year gap. And perhaps when, when Joseph and Mary were in Bethlehem and, and it was time for Jesus to be delivered as maybe, as maybe they had opportunity, they uh, stopped a little while and we don't know the exact reasons, but I'm just maybe surmising that Joseph being a carpenter, perhaps he got a job. Maybe he, someone looked at the manger and said, hey, did you build that? And they said, why don't you build us something? And pretty soon Joseph had a whole list of clientele right there in Bethlehem. It wasn't unusual in their time, in that uh, the time of, of history, that people just went where opportunities were. And for whatever reason, there was a space of two years. And what we find in the story that we read earlier was these wise men suddenly came having seen the star of, of, uh, of Jesus uh, this week. And we understand then that perhaps these wise men, who many would say were the Magi, uh, were associated with Daniel. And Daniel, in all of his knowledge of Scripture and all of that, perhaps shared a little bit of the, the foretelling, the, the prophecy of a coming Messiah, of the coming King of the Jews. And here they were, we don't know exactly, they, they knew enough Scripture to understand that what that, that star signified. They understood enough that when they saw that there was going to be a birth of the King of the Jews. And so in their excitement, in their glee of, of knowing that this king that was so prophesied was now come and was now born, they started off on this journey to find him. And we've been learning in the last many weeks about having joy in Jesus and how firstly when we, uh, when we expect um, expect joy in Jesus that we, we, we're gladdened when he comes through in the things that he says. And we spoke a little bit about Elizabeth and Mary, how in the, the, those miraculous births, how they, when they saw it come together, there was great joy that happened. And when we have joy in Jesus, we have great, uh, great uh, really expectation of him coming through with all that he says. We looked last week at the shepherds, how there's an entrance of joy in our lives, how sometimes even in the interjections of life that God allows, and how, how sometimes He disturbs even our norm to get our attention to greater things that He's doing. And, you know, sometimes we go through the mundane of life and we just go through that thinking that God's not doing anything when God's doing something great and miraculous and amazing. And then in His, uh, in his, in his grace to us, in his, uh, his, uh, his favor to us, he sometimes allows us to then get our attention and then there's an entrance of joy there. But today I want to show you that when we have joy in Jesus, there's going to be an expression of that in our lives. There's going to be a telling of that and I think it's demonstrated in the life of these wise men. Some would say three wise men. There's no, there's no biblical evidence of how many wise men there were. We just Many assume that there was uh, probably around three because there was three gifts. Well, we don't know uh, how much of that they carried. There could have been a whole heap of them. But we understand that they came from afar to worship and to what the Bible says, to have great exceeding joy at the fact that they had found the Savior. And we find this in, the, in this story here that 
as they themselves, they, uh, they uh, expected of the, of the fulfilling of the, the scriptures that they knew. And they, they saw the star and it, it, it got their attention. It was an entry, entrance of joy in their lives. They suddenly had then this expression of joy in their lives. And I think there's many things that, that can tell in, in a life that's changed by Jesus. And, you know, sometimes we like to, to believe that really when it comes down to it, our faith ought to be just something that is private. And, and there's some semblance of reality to that. We understand that it ought to be firstly personal and something that we take, uh, take ownership of as individuals. But there's also then meant to be some fruit that comes out of that. There's meant to be some action and there's meant to be some things that then from our lives comes out that then shows others the joy that we have in Christ. And that ought to be on this Christmas day as we consider a part of the the extended Christmas story this morning, some things that we observe about our lives. And, you know, they, they traveled to this place and having seen that star and then momentarily, even on their journey, that stopping and then, then, then that star showing up again above where, where Jesus was now, a young child, probably two years old at least. And this young child now was there being raised a little bit in his early stages of life by his, uh, by his, his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph. And here they were coming up just worshiping. And, and what a great part of, of, the, of the Christmas narrative that we read here. There's, there's, there's something to, to be learned here about the expression of joy in our lives. And, and I want to bring that out to you this morning as we get into the Word. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to bless. And then we'll, we'll quickly go through some things that we can learn this morning. Father, we want to thank you, dear Lord, again for your goodness and grace upon us. And Lord, whilst in life there's, there's a great uh, many ups and downs that we go through and there's things that uh, sometimes come into our lives that can, uh, can, can even uh, rock us to our core. We can understand, dear God, though, that you are a God who's unchanging and you're a God who's real and you're a God who's able. And we can come this morning just with the, the great comfort of Scripture knowing that you're a God of hope and you're a God who gives great joy. And I pray that you just help us this morning as we open your word to to glean some things from the, the scriptures this morning that will just help us understand how it is that joy changes us in you and how when we rejoice in who you are and, and we make that a priority in our lives, that, Lord, it just really changes who we are and it changes even the directions of our lives. And we're thankful, dear Lord, for this morning. I pray that you bless each and every one. Thank you for everyone's faithfulness to come on this Sunday morning and ask that you'd be glorified in it. And I pray for your enabling this morning in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. And so what we find, firstly, is, is really their expression of joy. Their joy in Jesus, it caused them to redirect their journey. You know, you imagine that these wise men, if you know the, the culture of the day, they were probably well regarded in their culture. They were ones that when, when kings had... Uh, had, a, had issues that they needed to sort through. They would seek the wise men for counsel. And you know that in the life of Daniel, they, when the, those dreams came and no one could interpret, none of the wise men can, they went to Daniel and Daniel was esteemed as the wisest of them all. And so these wise men had a great life. They were just there in their kingdom, just being well regarded. And then suddenly this star comes up and it caused them to redirect their journey. 
it caused them to understand that there was something greater to, to journey in and to seek for. And they say there in verse 2, as they get to Jerusalem, where is he that is born king of the Jews? They understood that there was someone more significant than themselves. And whilst they were well uh, established and well regarded in, in, in their, uh, in, in their uh, mode of life, we also note that they had a greater priority, and that was seeking Jesus himself. And you know, sometimes in life when things are going okay and things just seem to be going uh, as smoothly as, as anyone can ask, sometimes we forget to seek Jesus. Sometimes we're just happily, happy to merrily go along and just go about our daily grind and our daily things, and we just roll along in life. But you know, for the Christian, that's not, that's not how it ought to be. In the first place, can I say that when, uh, if you are here this morning, the, the Bible says that if you're not saved, you're following the course of this world. And yet, when, when, if Jesus has come into your life, you know what he does? He changes your course. He goes, you're going from one direction through to uh, a place uh, that's a literal hell for the punishment of sin uh, to turning around and going on a journey that ends up in heaven. And you understand that even as Christians, that our lives, just at the point of belief and at the point of salvation, it was redirected by God Himself. And yet, from a practical point of view, you know, so often the thing that, that evidences true joy in Jesus is really actually just a change of course. There's a redirection. There's no longer that just reliance on comfort and reliance on what's happening in their immediate zone. They embark on a journey of faith moved by what they knew about Jesus. You know, that's the reason why we can come on a Sunday morning and, and whichever Sunday morning, it doesn't have to be Christmas Day, and we can open up the Word of God. And, and you can hear someone preach, and they can preach from the Word of God, and it can convict you. It can show you uh, where you need to be from where you're at right now. And that's why sometimes even as you're, as you're daily in the Word and you're opening God's Word, why God at times can even redirect you. And I can tell you that for real because we're here now. We lived a, a pretty good life in Sydney. We enjoyed the church we were in. We enjoyed the family life. We enjoyed the, the, the familiarity of the place where we grew up. And then suddenly one, uh, one day last year, and the, we, we got a call and we suddenly found ourselves on a course correction and a redirection in our lives. And what they, these, these magi found themselves was a redirection. They, they came with joy in their lives, willing to be disturbed from their norm. And the question that they asked, where is he, is a good question to ask for each and every one of us. We ought to seek Jesus. And the, the question needs a response. And those who find their joy in Jesus, they'll, they'll allow, they'll cause their journey to be redirected by him. And that's a consequence of truly seek plans. So often when we consider what we've ambition and those things that we've dreamed about and those things that we've, we've, we've planned ahead and maybe even written down some steps to go through and then suddenly he allows a redirection, often that's where we find the tension. We find a tension between his plans and our plans. 
But the, the point of seeking God and seeking Jesus is that we allow His plans to become our plans. To, to be formed under His directive. And we surrender our own plan and we respond by pursuing His plan. And what they, they found firstly in this redirection is they found it in a general direction. You know, maybe you're, you're here and, and as the new year is about to dawn upon us, you're thinking about how your life will be different next year. I hope that within that consideration this morning that you're thinking about what God's will is for your life. Hey, listen, God's will isn't just something for young people to consider. It's for every person to consider. It doesn't matter what age you are this morning. It doesn't matter what stage of life. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. It doesn't matter what, uh, what, what, uh, what place you find you ought to be seeking God's will constantly. There ought to be a place in your heart that daily yearns to be in God's will, that there's no assumption there. But they found the, the, this seeking in a general direction. They knew he was at least the king of the Jews. And, you know, for us as God's people, when we're seeking God's direction, there's a general direction. That we ought to know enough scripture to know that there's some secret things that belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed, probably in black and white in your Bibles, those things ought to be the things that belong to you. Those ought to be the things that we firstly adhere to. And there's some general things in the will of God. There's some general things when we have joy in Jesus that will go toward. And they knew enough to have a general direction. And they understood that he was the king, Jesus, he was the king of the Jews. So most kings, they find their thrones at the capital cities of their country. And so they travel to Israel, and the capital city of Israel isn't Tel Aviv, it's Jerusalem. All right, in Jerusalem. And Jerusalem was the place that they went to, and yet they went there and they found someone else sitting on the throne. But we have, we have a general direction to seek Jesus in the plain things of his word. How are we doing with that? You know, how's that? when we consider our lives and we consider the what's next, and maybe some of you are thinking, what's next for next year? Then I want to tell you that you've got to go towards a general direction. If there's some things in your life that you're not obedient to within, uh, within the context of what God has already revealed in the Word, then fix those things first. All right? And so go the general direction. But then when they got to Jerusalem, they found joy in a clarification. Because what we find in verse, verse 5 is after they had asked, they, they, when Herod the king in verse 3 had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And so privy to all of this would have been the, the wise men who were wondering where Jesus was in that city. And they come up with the, the knowledge there within that group. They said unto him, as they considered scripture, in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, so written in the Old Testament, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah. So they understood, and, and here, here's what you do, they, they found joy in the clarification. And sometimes when God gives you a redirection, you ought to go a general direction to the word of God, but then you need some clarification. And, and they found it more as they studied deeper into the word of God, as they sought counsel one with another. And they referenced here Micah chapter 5 verse 2, that, that great prophecy about where the Messiah was going to be born. 
But they found a clarification. And you know, sometimes in life we, we, we want more specific. We want more things that are, are more, um, more directed at us. And so we get more by getting into the Word, by seeking for greater counsel. And even, uh, even through Herod, this wicked king, and the scribes, even through them, they got clarification for God's will for them. Why? Because even they sought Scripture. And although Herod's intent was evil, we understand he wasn't genuine in his desire to worship. He was actually there to, so that he can, he can um, snuff off the competition, so to speak. We understand that even Herod and those around him, even they understood how to get clarification. How to get more, and they gathered all the chief priests and scribes. And I'm saying, don't underestimate the value of Bible-based advice. Don't underestimate that in your life. You know, for those of you who you're really seeking God's will, maybe get around those who know the Word of God and just ask. Maybe there's something that, something that God will give them that they've read recently or they've read previously that maybe is just, just rings true of your circumstance. And you get a clarification again, and you never underestimate the value of Bible-based advice. In Proverbs 27, verse 9, ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. And so it's good as they got redirection that they got some clarification, but then they also found joy in further instruction. Because that's the thing about advice, isn't it? Sometimes you get advice, but you don't follow it anyway. And then you wonder how things have worked out the way they've worked out. But they found joy in further instruction. In verse 12, we didn't read it, but notice there with me. Turn there, chapter 2, verse 12. So they, they've come, they've worshipped, they've given their gifts. And notice this, and being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. You know, the, the story continues here, and they found joy in following. They found who they're looking for in Bethlehem, but they find joy in further instruction. They were instructed further on what's next, and that's the thing about God. You know, many times we get to a place or get to a point and then we sort of just stop there. But God at times will give us further instruction. And this was further instruction in our seeking of God's will. Don't forget there will be further redirections. You know, again, I think about our situation and, you know, the fact that I was ministering over there in Sydney at our church that I grew up in, that was just God's port, of, port to stop at. And I just assumed for a little time that that was where it was going to be. But you know, as we surrendered again, as we again sought Him daily, God began, began to answer those different things and there was further instruction to my surprise. And I want to tell you that if you ask, and if you go to the places where God has called you to and, and you obey, what you're going to find is God doesn't stop there. He'll keep directing you. There's going to be further instruction. There's going to be further things that he's going to have you do. And here specifically for them, he was telling them, avoid Herod. He's fake. And this was further instruction. You see, when we have joy in Jesus, our pursuit, can I tell you this morning, isn't an ideal. Our pursuit is a person. It's the person of Christ. 
And God's will involves us being redirected to further Him and to further His cause, not ours. And all this to say that when we make Jesus our joy, the corresponding action, the expression of that is that we submit to His redirections. And in the new year, perhaps this Christmas, I wonder what Jesus is redirecting you to do. I wonder what Jesus is trying to get you to recognize as a redirection. But then notice, secondly, this morning, joy comes in, in this expression. It causes us to give of our treasures. We see in verse 11 that they came prepared and fell down and worshipped. They gave their treasures, their gifts, the wise men, because their joy was in Jesus, they were moved to bring gifts to Him. And, and I think one of the most underrated actions of joy is in the act of giving. You know, we do this all the time. And in, in people that we find joy in, we give gifts to. Right? We go and we give them and we rejoice in the fact that we sacrifice a little bit to give to the one that we have joy in. And we, we know that. We see that. We really, as, God, as people today, we all have three gifts to give to Jesus. We can give Him our time, our treasure, and our talents. And these become gifts when we give it to Him. And, and these men here, these wise men, they had greater esteem, really, for the treasure of heaven than earthly treasures. They gave gold, which was a picture of deity, frankincense, which is a picture of purity, and myrrh, a picture of sacrifice. And, and what this indicates, they knew enough about Jesus that they knew what He was here for. See, all of those signified who Jesus is, is in His deity, in His purity, and then eventually his sacrifice on the cross. And they gave appropriately because they found in Jesus one who was worthy. And I wonder if we would give our gifts. I wonder if we think about what gift we give to Jesus. You know, sometimes, sometimes we give gifts to everyone else and we don't give our gift to Jesus. Hey, whose birthday is it supposedly? Hey, whose, whose season is it supposedly? And so... Their joy caused them, this, their expression of that joy caused them to give. But then lastly, the expression, expression of joy caused them to be loyal to Him. Because at the end, again, we read it earlier, being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod. Remember the earlier instruction they were given? Go find this one who's the king and come tell me. And... There he was, and I don't know what Herod was doing. Maybe he was sharpening his knives. Maybe he's readying his troops. But there Herod was just waiting to hear back from the wise men. But the wise men were wise indeed. Why? Because they had Jesus' best interest at heart. They weren't in it for themselves. They weren't in it about their own acclaim. They were loyal to Christ. They found joy in Jesus and their corresponding expression to that was that they would be loyal to him and you know what they didn't they didn't seek temporal acclaim you understand if they came back to Herod they would have been lauded for their discovery Herod under false pretense he wanted Christ found and you know too many times I think our loyalty is toward the praise of men rather than the praise of our king and then they could have gotten that praise they didn't seek earthly reward, not only would they have gotten a claim, I'm sure as, custom, as it was customary in that day, they would have gotten a, some sort of physical reward, they would have been properly rewarded for their, the information that they had provided, 
And sometimes we can be loyal to the things of earth, the, the almighty dollar, but Jesus warns us that all of that is temporal and, and one day will be, will be given to, to, uh, to rust and to moth and to be dissolved. And you understand, they didn't seek earthly reward. But what they did seek, they did seek scriptural fulfillment. Because the wise men already understood somewhat who Jesus was. They understood who he was by their gifts. They were consistent in adhering to a heavenly voice rather than the voice of an earthly king. And, and, and we understand there that they, they just sought to make sure that it was all about preserving who Jesus was. You know, I think sometimes we can get carried away in the, the earthly acclaims and the earthly provisions that, you know, we all need. And yet we live in a country that so often we can get more than what we need. There's a great abundance in that. We rejoice in that. But, you know, sometimes that can be the thing that directs us, actually. That can be the thing that causes us to make our decisions by. That can be the thing that, that actually, we're, when it comes down to it, we're actually loyal to that more than we're loyal to the joy that we ought to find in Jesus. And I want to challenge you this Christmas to just keep Jesus at the center of all that we do. To, to, in our decisions, as we think about redirections, what we'll tell is if you truly, truly find your joy in Jesus, is that you'll allow him to redirect you. If you truly find your joy in Jesus, you're going to give willingly of your treasures this coming year. If you really find your joy in Jesus, you're going to be loyal to him and you're going to follow his will more than being directed by an earthly authority. Rather than being directed by the things that we can gain, what we're seeking for His glory and His glory alone. And the action of the wise men, really scripture was fulfilled because he, then we, we know that they escape into Egypt. There's scripture that was prophesied that way. And that came about. Why? Because these wise men were simply obedient. And I want to ask you again this morning, what do you seek to fulfill? Do we seek to fulfill our own ambition or God's ambition? Do we seek to follow God's directives? Because if you have true joy in Jesus, that's what's going to be the characteristic of your life. And again, we don't know for sure who these wise men are. But we do know, what we do know is that they were truly wise. Because wise men do seek Jesus and their actions show it. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord for the time that we've had this morning. And Lord, there's just so much more that we probably could unearth here as we think about the, the character of these wise men that you, Lord, just by your, by your design, preserve for us in your scriptures. Father, I pray that you just help us to be like the wise men, to, to find our joy in you, and then, Lord, to express it in these ways. And Lord, no doubt, as the year turns, all of us here, we're seeking for what's to come. And we're seeking, Lord, your directives. And I pray, dear God, that that would truly be our, Lord, the way we approach this, this coming year. That, Lord, even from this Christmas season, we'd be reminded that, Lord, it's all about you. It's all about your plan. It's about your way. And I pray that we would just be surrendered to that as we come into the new year. Lord, I do pray also for those perhaps who have never put their faith and trust in you. And Lord, the greatest redirection of their lives is the, their salvation. 
I pray that they would this day come to know you as their Savior. Thank you for everyone here once again. I pray that you'd please meet with us as we go through the rest of the day. And we pray these things in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name.